Why, why 35 you, FBI agents? Well, why not two? Here's what I think. I think they're going to try to steal the, the midterm elections and it's going to be somewhat blatant because there's no other way they could do it. And that what they are trying to do is terrorize people who question the theft of the election. They're trying to scare people right. into not asking, how did the Democrats win 99 to one? I thought they were behind in the polls. And why are why are the election reports all in Romanian? Shut up. We're sending police to your house. Right. I mean, why? Why did they perp walk Steve Bannon in handcuffs? Why did they put Peter Navarro in leg irons? Why did they raid Roger Stone's house again with dozens of armed agents? It is to terrorize us. It is to say maybe Kyle Rittenhouse got off, but we wrecked his life. And guess what? We got we got Jake Gardner to kill himself two years ago. This week, Jake Gardner killed himself when a Soros prosecutor successfully destroyed his life and GoFundMe cut off his attempt to hire a defense attorney for shooting someone who was trying to kill him, a George Floyd writer. Uh, Jake Gardner's body lies a moldering in the grave. His soul is marching on. to the Eric Metaxas show. It's a show, so don't take it too seriously. We're just putting on a show. I play the role of the host, Eric Metaxas, uh, and I have on guests from time to time. Guests, for example, like my friend John Zmirak. John, welcome to the program. Thanks, Eric. It's, it's good to see you at a distance. I, it was, <laughs> I was, um, as you certainly know, John, uh, I was in Dallas recently. It's where I got this tan. Actually, I got the tan from the sun. But uh, but I was in Dallas at the time that the rays struck me and um, it was wonderful to be in Dallas because I got to do so many things. But most of the things I got to do that were fun were with you and we don't normally get to hang out together. And so I just want to tell uh, the audience that um, you and I were on the same were, were involved in the same conference. Imagine the madness of the folks at Christians engaged to, to bring you and me into the, into the same conference. It's crazy. Uh, it's never been done before. Um, but <laughs> it will never crazier, be done again. I'm confident. I'm confident even, it will never be done again. <laughs> even crazier the day before um, I, well, first of all, I was on Daystar TV with Joni lamb was fantastic. They're going to air that October 6th and 7th on Daystar TV. But after that, I went over to the stream to the offices, to the studios of the stream. And you and I were with James Robison and he attempted to engage us in some kind of dialogue. And I, I don't know what happened, but I do know that I posted it uh, on Twitter and I think it'll be every, everywhere else. If, in case you haven't seen it, folks, imagine the opportunity to see me in the same room, not just with John Zmirak, but with James Robison trying to, you know, facilitate some kind of conversation. John, where it, where the whole thing shut down for me, where it, where it went black, and I don't remember anything else, was when you used Spider-Man 
and the Synoptic Gospels in the same sentence. Well, here's what happened. Of course, that was not a line I had thought about in advance. Um, I, I tend to do impro- improvisational jazz. And I, I was talking about our duty as sovereign citizens to be engaged in political action on behalf of goodness and justice and mercy, which is the message of your book, Letter to the American Church, that we don't just get to sit like some Oriental Pasha watching watching people wrestle and fight and we're above the fray. You and I have the same responsibility as the kings in Israel who, when they allowed pagan worship to take over, they were punished. They were condemned by the prophets. You and I as voters have a sovereign power like a king. We have a little piece of the sovereign power of a king. So we don't get to just stand by and watch because we will be held culpable for abortion, for transgender mutilation of children, for the destruction of the family, for the grooming of innocent young kids. And because this is all so important, I decided to reinforce it with a really silly metaphor. I said, with great power comes great responsibility. I saw that in Spider-Man, three different versions of Spider-Man. So it's like the synoptic gospels, you know, it's reliable. (laughs) It's well, look, uh, some things are just true and they happen to pop up uh, in all kinds of places, but I just, uh, I just want to reiterate to uh, to the folks listening what a joy it is to be with you in person. And after that, uh, after you and I talked to James um, Robison uh, at at the stream, and by the way, I, that video is up. Uh, but we got to have uh, a dinner and and talk about the things that we can't talk about on the air, which is kind of frightening. There are all kinds of things uh, having to do with Aztec idols, and we just can't get into it right, right now. But uh, it's just so maybe at some point in the future, maybe someday I'll do a podcast. Uh, But anyway, um, I want to talk to you, John, about what is happening in the country uh, and in the world. Can we can I can I just get your thoughts um, about what happened in Italy? Because every now and again, something so wonderful happens. It's just God's way of giving us hope in the midst of madness uh, and difficulty. There's a new prime minister in Italy, and she speaks clearly and firmly about the importance of borders, of national sovereignty, of answering to the will of the voters, not globalist elites. She is pro-family, pro-life as far as I think. I think. Uh, she inherits a difficult situation. Um, We should not get our hopes too high about what she'll be able to do in office because Italy, like so many other European countries, is run from afar by the European Union. It pulls the strings, controls the budget. If Italy tries to rebel too much against the European Union's policy of managed decline and the gradual replacement of Europeans by immigrants mostly from the Muslim world, if she rebels against that policy too much, German bankers will pull strings and bankrupt Italy. Look what they did to Greece. You remember what the European... You don't think there's something like a, like a, like a, like a Brexit could happen? I don't know what they would call it. They would call it Fungul or something. What, yes. what, would, what would it be? What would you call it? But you, did, you don't think the, uh, the Italians could conceivably... Uh, they would have to. They would have to pull out. Any country that wants to actually be sovereign has to get out 
of the suicide pact that is the European Union and eventually get out of NATO, which is a nuclear suicide pact. Now, by the way, uh, in case you missed it, what astonished me about this woman whose name escapes me. Meloni, Meloni. Her last name is Meloni. That's right. It's like Georgia Meloni. Yes. Uh, She, first of all, she speaks beautifully. It's the kind of Italian everyone wants to speak when they hear it. But at the end of the clip that I saw in which she spoke, she quoted Chesterton. And I thought, my goodness, can you imagine a leader who would quote G.K. Chesterton? And so the quote, it was just a wonderful moment. It's a great quote. She's, she, she quoted him from his book, Heretics, where he said, you know, someday soon men will be drawing swords and, and waving fire in defense of two plus two equals four. And of course, George Orwell picked that up in 1984. What I didn't know until recently, because I saw it on Gab, Two plus two equals five, which is the mind bending thing that your the hero is tortured into believing in 1984. Two plus two equals five actually comes from Joseph Stalin. There is a Stalinist poster that says two plus two equals five from the late 1920s. And what it referred to was Stalin completed a five year plan in only four years because production was so good and there was so much grain and absolutely nobody was starving to death by the millions. So that's, it went from Chester to Stalin to Orwell. Uh, unbelievable. Well, uh, to Kamala Harris. So uh, anyway, but it was, it's, it's an extraordinary thing. I think we have to report on the good news when we can. That's right. That's right. I mean, it happened in Sweden too. Sweden had an election date and who won, but the leader of a party that until yesterday was dismissed as a far right party. People need to understand when you hear far right nowadays, think George Washington. That's right. Think George Washington or Harry Truman or Ronald Reagan or Abraham Lincoln or John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy would, would be far right by today's political standards. And where's France at this point? Where's Le Pen? Um, you know, Macron is president for another three and a half years. And and um, I think France is going to be hard to redeem because it it is so divided. And and the the Le Pen party has a solid like 35, 40 percent, but the other 60 percent will always unite against it. They would rather bring France. Right. Right. Rather France be ruled by ISIS ruled by French. Excuse me, folks. We've got John for the whole hour today. Don't forget, we need you to help our friends at the Alliance Defending Freedom. Go to metaxastalk.com. This is an assignment. I'm saying it solemnly. Uh, I'm going to repeat myself. Uh, un- until you go to metaxastalk.com. Help our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom. Bless you. I have done all that I could to see the evil and the good without hiding. You must help me if you can. Welcome back. Talking to John Zamirak. John, everywhere I go, people say, I love your conversations with John Zamirak. And I say, I love them even more than you do. So what do we talk about, John? Uh, There's a lot going on. Uh, We don't need to talk about Aaron Judge 
uh, you know, and his uh, his quest to hit a thousand home runs in the season. We don't need to talk about sports. What would you like to talk about? Well, I've got a new piece up at stream.org called America is going fascist in the negative sense. <laughs> OK, um, and fascist in the negative sense is a phrase I made up just to say loudly at college cafes on my way out just to leave behind so people's <laughs> heads could explode after I left the cafe. But actually, I found a use for that phrase. It's kind of like saying racist in a bad way. And then right, you, right, right, right. But in, in, in this case, unfortunately, has too much application. Fa- fasc- by fascist in the negative sense, I mean actual dictatorial con- conduct. Uh, I mean, a president who gains power by shady means and then punishes anyone who criticizes him, uh, criminalizes any questions about the election by which he took power. By, by fascists in the negative sense, I mean censorship of the media, punishing and beating people up because of their political views, letting thugs off the hook because they beat up your political opponents, using the security police to investigate your political rivals, raid their homes, take their put their supporters in handcuffs, all the things that Joe Biden is doing. That's fascist in the negative sense and uh, uh, in the historical, in the real sense of the word fascist. These things all meet the definition of fascism if we take it seriously. And especially what happened to a man named Mark Houck. Um, He is a father of seven, homeschooling dad, pro-life activist in Pennsylvania. Have you heard about this case, Eric? I've heard about this, and I'm very glad you're bringing this up. We need to talk about that on this program. Thanks for doing so. His home was raided by 35 FBI agents with sniper rifles in body armor, uh, his his children were terrified. His wife was terrorized. At first, they refused to present a warrant. They said, well, we're taking him warrant or not, which, you know, has a nice Nazi feel to it. But then they eventually produced a warrant. Do you know what they were coming to get him for? He did not that. attempt to assassinate a Supreme Court justice. He did not take an, uh, an SUV and run down dozens of members of another race at a holiday parade. He did not firebomb a courthouse or a police car. These are all the things that Antifa and its supporters, that Democrats do, and to some degree get away with. Uh, No, Mark Houck had been picketing an abortion clinic, trying to offer sidewalk counseling to women going in. And he did did that every week. And his 12-year-old son was with him. And this old geezer, who called himself a clinic escort, so he's just a pro-abortion activist, was shouting profanities in the face of his 12-year-old son, saying that his father was a sex pervert, which is why he was picketing the clinic. I mean, using profanity in the face of a 12-year-old child. When he wouldn't stop, Mark Houck shoved him away from his son. The old geezer fell, got back up, was uninjured, and immediately sued and tried to have Hauk put in jail. A Pennsylvania court threw the complaint out. The FBI has decided that this is a violation of the Free Access to Clinic Entrance Act, yeah. which was passed by a Democrat Congress, that the old pro-abortion geezer, who because he supported the mission of the clinic, Right. should be considered an employee of the clinic and therefore protected by the FACE Act. And so you get a massive military raid on the suburban home 
of a yeah, father of I'm seven. I'm always interrupting you because you say things. You said how many FBI agents? 35 FBI agents okay. with sniper Let's rifles. Stop for a second. Ladies and gentlemen, I, if you said 10, I would be bowled over. You said 35 FBI agents. Now, we have to understand the only reason they would do something like this is to terrorize American citizens. This is, you have to use the word, it's despicable. It is profoundly anti-American. It is deeply sick. And it takes things like this, by God's grace, to wake people up. There are some people who will wake up when they understand, oh, 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 that happened. Uh, I guess maybe I've been sleeping. When you hear the details of this sort of thing, you then have to ask, I'm asking you, why do you think Biden and company would do this? My guess is that they are so unhingedly desperate about knowing that they're going to lose badly in November, that they want to send signals to the pro-abortion crowd that we are with you and you need to be with us? Well, first of all, they are, they are doing it because they can. This is what they want to do. This is what they would do uh, in an unrestrained way if they could get away with it. If Americans d- gave up our Second Amendment rights, this is what law enforcement would look like all the time. Uh, this is what the left is like. The left is a bureaucracy that sends armed gangs to beat up and and terrorize their opponents. That is what it is to be on the left. We saw it in Russia. We saw it in China. We see it in Cuba. We see it in Venezuela. There is no other brand of leftism. It is inherently totalitarian. If you see it in a weakened form, it's just because they haven't gotten enough power to be real. So the point point is that they knew they could do this, but you still wonder why 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 35 FBI agents? Why not two? Here's what I think. I think they're going to try to steal the the midterm elections and it's going to be somewhat blatant because there's no other way they could do it. And that what they are trying to do is terrorize people who question the theft of the election. They're trying to scare people into not asking, how did the Democrats win 99 to one? I thought they were behind in the polls. And why are why are the election reports all in Romanian? Shut up. We're sending police to your house. Right. I mean, why why did they perp walk Steve Bannon in handcuffs? Why did they put Peter Navarro in leg irons? Why did they raid Roger Stone's house again with dozens of armed agents? It is to terrorize us. It is to say maybe Kyle Rittenhouse got off, but we wrecked his life. And guess what? We got we got Jake Gardner to kill himself two years ago. This week, Jake Gardner killed himself when a Soros prosecutor successfully destroyed his life and GoFundMe cut off his attempt to hire a defense attorney for shooting someone who was trying to kill him, a George Floyd writer. Uh, Jake Gardner's body lies a moldering in the grave. His soul is marching on. We need to stand with the Jake Gardners, with the Mark Judges of America. You need to get Mark Judge on to talk about his new book. Oh, the I, I, I certainly will. Uh, the title is The Devil's Triangle. It's Mark Judge's story of how he and his courage made it possible for Roe v. Wade to be overturned. Because without Brett Kavanaugh, that decision would still stand. But you and know, without Mark Judge, 
Brett Kavanaugh. And that's, but that brings up, uh, again, another positive, a, a, a place to hope. Yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we've say, that, say this many times on this program, and I, I'm trying to say it in my new book letter to the American church. If the church will speak up, if members of the church, if you yourself will stand, you have no idea what your courage can engender. You have no idea. Mark Judge alone, standing bravely in the midst of these attacks, effectively made it possible for Roe v. Wade to be overturned. Do you understand what I just said? What John just said? Mark Judge, by standing in the face of evil, by refusing to give them what they wanted, the same thing can be said of Jerome Corsi, who was on this program a few weeks ago. He, because of his faith in Jesus, because of that, refused to take a plea bargain. Everyone was threatening him, threatening him, threatening him. He said, you know what? I don't, Go ahead. Put me in jail. I will not lie. I cannot do it. I won't do it. Uh, I'm in God's hands. Because of that, the Mueller investigation was effectively shut down. Roger Stone, all these others who are standing, and I want to exhort you to stand with us in your sphere, wherever you are, because this is where we are now. If you cave in, if you give them what they want, you let them win. We have the ability to win, but we need a uh, a cadre of of heroes, a cadre of people who love America and who love God and who love truth more than they love themselves and their careers and their Facebook profiles um, to stand up. But what you just said about uh, our friend Mark Judge, of course, th- this man, uh, how do you say it? Hauk? Hook? Mark Hauk. Hauk. Very sweet guy, apparently. He runs a ministry helping people recover from pornography addiction. He's homeschooling seven kids. Obviously, he's an enemy of the people. He's an enemy of the system. Well, look, what does it tell you? Uh, We're going to go to break. What does it tell you that they're going after a guy like this? Folks, if if this doesn't enrage you and wake you up, you're dead. I'm telling you, this this is just beyond belief. And I believe that God can use these kinds of things to finally wake people up. The time is now to speak, to stand. We'll be right back with John Smirak. Tell me, Eric, why is Relief Factor so successful at lowering or eliminating pain? I'm often asked that question. The owners of Relief Factor tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and I agree with them. So the doctors who formulated Relief Factor for them selected the four best ingredients. Yes, 100% drug-free ingredients. Each helps your body deal with inflammation. Each of the four ingredients deals with inflammation from a different metabolic pathway. And that right there, approaching from four different angles, may be why so many people find such wonderful relief. So if you've got back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or just getting older, you should order the three-week quick start discounted to only $19.95 to see if it will work for you. It works for me. It has for about 70% of the half a million people who've tried it and have ordered more. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out about this offer. Feel the difference. Is the government the best mechanism for fighting poverty? Are there any real-life examples of communities successfully combating addiction and homelessness today? 
How can we best deliver hope to our nation? Those questions get answered September 23rd on SalemNow.com in an inspiring new motion picture from Kingstone Studios based on a true story. In No Vacancy, a demoted journalist finds her cynicism slowly transformed as she befriends a recovering addict while working a story about a church struggling to purchase a motel for homeless families. No Vacancy, starring Dean Cain, T.C. Stallings, and Sean Young, is based on the true story of First Baptist Leesburg, Florida, and a real location, the Samaritan Inn. Movie reviewers are saying movies like this bring purpose to the big screen, well-produced, and the acting is tops. Enough cannot be said about how incredible this true story is, and this film does it justice. Pre-order it September 19th at SalemNow.com. Watch the movie on demand or buy the DVD on Friday, September 23rd at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Folks, I'm talking to John Zmirak. I want to remind you, go to SalemNow.com. Number of movies uh, that we hope you'll see. No Vacancy, starring uh, our new friend Dean Cain. Superman, uh, Dean Cain in No Vacancy. Um, uh, also, uh, trying to think who else is in the film. I can't think of it now. But anyway, No Vacancy, SalemNow.com. John Zmirak, what else should we talk about? Well, I actually have a column on discussing what we were just talking about called We Are All Mark Judge Now. And I, I'm, that's at the stream. We are all in or soon will be in the same position of people like Jerome Corsi and Mark Judge and Kyle Rittenhouse. We face a regime that is an existential threat to the people of the country. The way the French did after 19, May 1940. We face a hostile, occupying government that is not legitimate, that does not look for our consent, that is intent on silencing us and persecuting us if we try to claim back our national sovereignty. That is the gravity of the situation. When I was talking to the good people in the audience at Christians Engaged, I said, you think you're in America. You're not. You're in China. And the media are virtually all state media, and they're virtually all repeating party propaganda. But there are broadcasts coming from abroad. There are little dot signals, like the BBC broadcasting into occupied France. And those are media like The Stream, like Eric Metaxas, like Steve Bannon's War Room, like American Greatness, Julie Kelly's reporting on, on the January 6th uh, protesters, uh, Revolver News. There are a, a Epoch Times. I heard that Epoch Times is now the fourth largest newspaper in America. If that's true, that is extremely encouraging news because the Epoch Times is one of the only papers that would tell the truth about the vaccine, about the pandemic and its origins in Chinese labs. We tell the truth about the legitimate questions about the 2020 election. Any journal or media outlet that presents itself as conservative, that refuses to let you ask questions because the left tells them to, it's, it's, it's collaborating with the enemy. It's, it's not on our side. If, and anybody who tells you, oh, I'm pro-life and I'm pro-gun, but uh, if you're an, you can't be an election denier. Okay, you're not on our side. You're not our friend. Bye. Have a nice life. See you in purgatory, I hope. Done. Well, look, um, what you're saying, of course, is true. And the Epoch Times, E-P-O-C-H, Epoch Times, 
They are absolute heroes, total heroes on all of this stuff. And I think, um, folks, you have to wean yourself from watching. I don't know what you're watching, but there's a, there's a lot of blather, uh, even in the so-called conservative media world. You really need to understand we're in a war right now. And we have people uh, like Mark Houck uh, and others just being treated like dogs, worse than dogs, being treated so despicably for being good people. That's that's the amazing thing for yeah. doing the right thing and being good people. If you don't stand with them, I will say this again and again. If you don't stand with them, with us, however you can, you're part of the problem. You're allowing these things to happen. And we want to buck you up and encourage you that uh, win or lose, you need to fight uh, on the right side. You need to to share these videos. I I, I beg you to share uh, the videos that I put up on Rumble. Go to ericmetaxas.com, sign up for the newsletter. We've just got to get the word out. The conversation I had uh, uh, with Naomi Wolf, um, oh my gosh, absolutely astonishing. It'd be really almost beyond belief. Um, Important stuff. John, let's keep going. I want to say something encouraging to people. You have nothing to lose by speaking out and fighting because you're not safe now and things are only going to get worse. They're coming for you. So you might as well fight back while you still have some ammo because they're coming for you. They're not going to leave you in peace. Mark Houck walked around outside an abortion clinic praying and they came to his house with 35 police because he wouldn't let some old geezer abuse and and profane his his 12 year old son they want to castrate kids they want to groom kids into perversion they want to take your guns they want they're going to send the fbi after you if you speak up at a school board meeting if this doesn't wake you up you deserve slavery you belong in a gulag if this doesn't make you want to fight you are effectively a natural slave and you were born for this you're a sheep I'll see you on the plate with some mint jelly. Uh, I guess I'm wondering what uh, Fox News did in covering the Mark uh, Hook. How can he say it? Mark Houck. I I did. You know, I don't I don't watch. The only thing I watch on TV is animal documentaries and world. No, I know. But I'm saying, but this is something so grievous. Yeah, but it's just it's staggering. I mean, what they did review friend Mike Lindell. Even National Review has come out against it. That tells you how bad. Okay, well, God bless them at National Review for coming out against this, because we've got to get serious. This is really uh, the hour is so late. That's what's so amazing. Yeah, Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell has the police come steal his phone. The FBI come steal his phone and terrorize him. Why? For taking out ads on conservative TV programs and for daring to ask questions about the 2020 election. Again, we have to remember the Democrats have questioned legitimacy of the election of every Republican since Ronald Reagan. They have said this is not a legitimate president. We are the resistance. They've said it over and over again. Clearly, they think it's legitimate legal behavior. But when we do it, they send the secret police in to arrest us and terrorize we, us. They are tyrants. We How are much more proof do we need? Talking to John Zmirak, we'll be right back.
folks, welcome back. Talking to John Smirk. I want to remind you, we're doing a campaign with the Alliance Defending Freedom. These are heroes. When people say, what can I do? What can I do? One thing you can do is give to the Alliance Defending Freedom. They are standing up pro bono for people being attacked in every way, uh, like some of the names that we have uh, mentioned. Uh, you have to go to metaxastalk.com, click on the banner. I'm begging you, folks, do what you can while you can still do something. John Smirk, what else? Well, one more thing that I, that I had to say to the great people at Christians Engage, which is a wonderful organization civic ed, that offers civic education for Christians. It had to fight to, to get back its tax-exempt status because the IRS took that away, claiming that reading the Bible was something Republicans did. I'm not kidding. This was in the IRS letter. Uh, they got back their tax exemption. But I was telling the good people there, the, be the good Samaritan. But if we were to translate some, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan today, uh, you, would, you would see Mike Lindell or Steve Bannon or Mark Judge or Jake Gardner or Kyle Rittenhouse beaten up on the side of the road, having been beaten up by thugs in the regime. And one never-Trump Christian would pass him on the road and go to the other side of the road. And another establishment Republican would look at, look at this January 6th protester and pass him on the other side of the road. And then comes the deplorable, the Samaritan, and he goes and binds up his wounds and helps him. Be the Samaritan. Be the slightly disreputable foreigner, the, the oddball, the blue-collar guy, the guy who's not quite respectable, who, does, who nobody will vouch for him at the country club. Be that guy who reaches out to one of our heroes left wounded on the road by the thugs of this increasingly totalitarian regime and helps out someone who's been canceled, who's been fired, who's being prosecuted, who's being sued by intolerant agents of an elite conspiracy to steal all our freedoms. John, I'm glad you brought up the parable of the Good Samaritan because I, I haven't thought of it recently. And when you mention it, Jesus, uh, in many ways, but particularly in that parable, he is denouncing, uh, at least in part, this idea of respectability, the idea that I don't want to dirty my hands with the Samaritan. Uh, it's the same thing with the, the Samaritan woman uh, uh at the well. In other words, God calls us uh, to get our hands dirty and to mix with those whom the world uh, despises. Right. And that's what we have seen, unfortunately, among uh, conservative elites and among evangelical elites. They, uh, they have made friends uh, among the establishment respectability in those circles and they basically don't want to be associated with the deplorables, with the smelly Walmart deplorables. And, and you and I, John, in part because of our backgrounds growing up in working class environment, we say, no, that's that's not right. I stand with those people because I know who those people are. Those people are better than most of these elites could ever dream to be. We grew up with them. And with all their faults and flaws, they raised us and loved us and made us understand that there's such a thing as good and evil. Uh, it's not uh, we don't sneer. We don't we don't we're not cynical about loving America and loving freedom. 
uh, and loving God and, and showing respect uh, for people who love God. And it, it, it's an amazing thing that, of course, well, it's not that amazing when you consider the source, but that Jesus tells this story about these respectable elites who lift their noses and walk on by. That's right. And, and that's the question. That's, that's the sermon today. Are you, are you walking on by or are you going to be the one uh, to reach out across the aisle in, in many cases to somebody, you know, who is not maybe uh, in the same place that you are, but you're saying it doesn't matter. This is the right thing to do. If you see people uh, like Mark Houck being treated this way and you're not outraged and say, what can I do? I just think to myself, my goodness, you're exactly like the Germans who let the Nazis rise to power. You said, you know what? I, uh, I'm going to look the other way. I, I just don't want to, I just don't want to get in trouble myself. You don't care about your neighbor. Better him than me. Carve that in Latin over the door of these churches. Better him than me. Curse God and die. That's in the Bible. I mean, sticker. It, it, you know, when you say that it, again, it's, it's the, um, there's the other story in the gospels of the, of the Pharisee who is just thrilled that he's not like those other people. That's you know? right. And you think that that's a religious spirit. It's demonic folks. It is not, it's not God, but it exists in religious communities. It exists in uh, ideologically conservative communities that you, you, you lose really the focus on God and you claim to care about God and to care about truth. But when push comes to shove, you reveal yourself uh, to be an elitist and to be sneering uh, at those who are suffering and saying, you know what, I, I just I'm just so glad uh, the FBI didn't raid my house. Isn't that wonderful? That's right. Pick him. Arrest him. Throwing your 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 co-religionists and your fellow citizens to the crocodiles in the hope that you will be eaten last. That's why I'll, I call these people Vichy conservatives, Vichy Christians. They are working for the other side in return for a few extra t- cigarettes and some more toilet paper for their cell. Well, it's kind of unbelievable, John, but it's, it's true. And um, it, it, again, you know, we've only got a minute here, but I, the horror has been to see uh, with the advent of Trump and then as things have moved along, those we considered, you know, on our side in many ways, just say, this is a bridge too far. I'm going to let you stick your neck out and look like a vulgarian by siding with that vulgarian uh, Trump or by siding with the, the American fools who voted for him, who don't understand he's Hitler 2.0. We're going to be respectable and we're going to wait for the second coming of Mike Pence or Pompeo or whoever it is that they think uh, might possibly uh lead the way forward. And you realize, no, that is what brought us to this pass where China is destroying freedom around the world and being helped by people uh, in our own uh, three letter agencies. John, 15 seconds. Buy Eric's book, Letter to the American Church, buy multiple copies and give it to people who you think need to read it and just tell them, look, You've said you've told me I'm a Pharisee. You're a Sadducee. Read this book. (laughs) If I would have known you were going to say that, I would have given you 30 seconds, but we're out of time. God bless you, John. Thank you, folks. We'll be right back. I know beyond a doubt my 